Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 12 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. The Rangers start the front end of a back-to-back tonight. They are at home in the garden against the Detroit Red Wings. Puck drops at 8 o'clock. And then tomorrow night, Thursday night, the Rangers travel to Raleigh to take on the Carolina Hurricanes. We're going to get into all that in just a minute. Definitely focus a little bit on the game tonight against the Red Wings. Red Wings, a team that has struggled this season. And, you know, with the Rangers coming off of a tough loss to the Senators, it's going to be very important to pick up these two points tonight because, you know, prior to losing 6-2 to the Senators, the Rangers beat two good teams, right? They knocked off the Tampa Bay Lightning. They knocked off the Nashville Predators. And if you're going to do all that, you don't want to basically nullify that hard work by losing to two subpar teams such as the Senators and the Red Wings. Look, the game against the Senators, it happens, right? It's a bad night. The Rangers, the Senators, they're an NHL hockey team. They're going to win at least some games. But the Rangers, you don't want to see it become a trend where, you know, they kind of play down to the competition, especially after, like we said, knocking off two very good teams. And the Red Wings, I mean, they have just been playing bad. I mean, there's really no other way to say it. They have won just once in their last 12 games. And this recent stretch, since the calendar turned over into November, the Red Wings are just getting slaughtered every time they go onto the ice. In descending order, we'll, we'll talk about their last three games here. On Monday, they lost to the Predators 6-1. to On Saturday, they lost to the Panthers 4 to nothing, And on Friday, they lost to the Hurricanes 7-3. to I don't think too many of us are surprised that they're struggling. Nobody really projected them to be like cup contenders or anything like that this year. But they have just been awful. And it's crazy to think that, you know, the Detroit Red Wings, this used to be one of, you know, the model franchises in the NHL. You know, this team was always in the playoffs. They were always, you know, cup contenders. They were always making deep runs, it seemed like. They always had exciting players, and it's just fallen apart in recent years. It used to be, you know, it used to be death taxes and the Detroit Red Wings making the playoffs were the only three certainties in life. Now it seems to be death taxes and the Red Wings missing the playoffs. The Red Wings, of course, making the playoffs for 25 straight seasons from 1991 to 2016, but they have not been back since and really have fallen on some hard times. It's not going any better for them this season, and the Rangers really need to come away with two points, get back on track after that rough game against the Senators. And one thing I also wanted to do today was just kind of look at the Rangers' team rankings. You know, where do they rank in the NHL in a variety of different stats? Everything from goals scored to face-off win percentage to block shots. It's all fair game. We're going to look at pretty much everything here and just, you know, see where they stack up against the rest of the league. I'm sure we'll have—I haven't even looked at it yet, so I'm sure there's going to be a couple of, you know, surprises. There's going to be some things that, okay, you know, that stat, that sounds about right. They're kind of, you know, middle in the pack and— you know, I don't know, penalty kill or something like that. But then there might be some surprises where we find out that, you know, they have, you know, more shots blocked per game than any team in hockey. But we'll we'll check it out. Let's let's just look at it little by little. I wanted to start with games played because, again, this is something I talked about way back on like episode one or two. The Rangers' bizarre early season schedule, of course, they play the two games. They they started 2-0. And then they had an entire week off, a whole week, a whole week before their third game after that. And when you've won two games in a row, I think the last thing you want to do is just sit around and not play. But so the Rangers didn't really have any games for a whole week. And then they had another, they had to wait another five days until their fourth game after that. So yeah, Rangers not really playing a lot of hockey early in the season. It's, it's very strange. And in fact, you look at it now, the Rangers have only played 12 games. They are five, six, and one, but that is the fewest games played of any team in hockey. Only the Lightning and Devils have played 13 games. Everybody else has played more than 13 games. And if, if you want to look at the the other end of the spectrum, the Calgary Flames have played 18 games. So how do you do that? How, when you're making the schedule, do you set this up where, you know, one team is going to play 18 games before another team plays its 13th game? 
Very strange, but you know, it is what it is. And the Rangers, you know, you might look at the standings, and if you do look at the standings right now, you realize the Rangers are third to last in the Eastern Conference. They have just 11 points. They're ahead of only the Senators and Red Wings, who each have nine points. But you got to remember, they've only played 12 games. They've played a lot fewer games than a lot of the teams that they're behind in the standings. So they have those games in hand. And I think Ranger fans are just looking forward to seeing the blue shirts on the ice war, you know, and, and I certainly am. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to come on the this, this show and, and talk to you guys, talk with you guys about anything under the sun as it pertains to the Rangers, but I want to see them play some games. I want some hockey in my life. I want to come back here and, you know, talk about how they won the night before and, you know, they had this exciting overtime win and they did this and they did that and this guy contributed and this guy is stepping up and the penalty kill is doing great. I want to talk about games. I want to talk about wins. And fortunately, you know, the schedule is starting to pick up a little bit when you look at the calendar. You know, you can see that there's obviously a lot more games littered across the calendar for the Rangers. And, of course, this week, a shining example of that. They play three games in just four days. And, you know, tonight, the first game of a back-to-back. But games played, you know, that's the one thing on this list that the Rangers have no control of. They don't make the schedule. It is what it is. Want to dive a little bit more into some of the more tangible stats here. And we're going to start with goals per game. You, again, you can't look at goals, how many goals they've scored per season. It's it's 37. The Rangers have scored 37 goals in their 12 games. But you can't really use that as a measuring stick because all these teams have played a different amount of games, and you know that's going to skew it one way or the other. But in goals four per game, and I was, ex- I was happy to see this. It sounds about right to me. The Rangers are 13th out of the 31 teams in the league. They have averaged 3.08 goals per game. The NHL is a high-scoring league, and you're going to need to score some goals consistently if you're going to be a contender. And the Rangers, fortunately, they've been able to do that so far this year. They've obviously added some offensive fireworks. We've talked about the additions, obviously, of Panarin and Capo Caco via the draft and Jacob Truba via a trade. But, you know, the thing that I'm encouraged by is, you know, they're spreading out the scoring a little bit. You know, uh, Panarin leading the way with six goals but he's one of a handful of Rangers who have at least two goals or more. And again, the Rangers have only played 11 games, but Ryan Strom obviously proving to be a, you know, a nice pickup via the trade last season. And he's got four goals because Zibanejad, despite missing time with injury, still has four goals. Tony D'Angelo, four goals for him. Capo Caco now up to three goals. Pavel Buchnevich with two. Chris Kreider with two. Jesper Foss with two. Brett Howden with two. Philip Hedl in just three games with two goals. So, you know, nice to see. It does seem like the Rangers, they do have certainly more scoring threats than they had last season, and it's showing up in the stats. You know, the Rangers, of course, they are an above-average scoring team, at least so far, through the first 11 games so far this season. And just for a point of reference, as we said, the Rangers, 13th ranked in the league with 3.08 goals per game. Nashville Predators leading the way with four goals per game on the dot. And then if you want to look at the other side of the spectrum, Detroit Red Wings dead last, just 2.13 goals per game. So again, Rangers, middle to upper echelon of teams as far as scoring goals. And we hope that continues and maybe even gets better because, hey, they've done this without Mika Zibanejad. And Zibanejad seems likely to end up, you know, being second or third on this team in goals scored when all is said and done, assuming we get him back relatively soon. And just to switch gears here and take a quick detour regarding Mika Zibanejad, still considered day-to-day. He's missed three straight games, but... Coach Quinn believes he's making progress. Still nothing definitive on whether he will take the ice tonight against the Red Wings, but if we see an update before this episode concludes, we will provide you guys with one. And again, you know, we've talked about this and talked about this, but Rangers erring on the side of caution. It's a smart thing to do early in the season, but obviously, you know, we're all looking forward to seeing him get back out there and kind of just pick up where he left off. 
presumably with Artemi Panarin, but maybe not. You know, maybe Mika's on the first line, Panarin's on the second line. We'll see how they want to line up. Uh, I get the feeling, though, when you look at the success that the second line has had, and that line for reference is Chris Kreider, Philip Hedl, and Pavel Buchnevich. I get the feeling by process of elimination. I mean, certainly Zabanajad and Panarin aren't going to be moved down to the third line. So it stands to reason that the two of them will be back there together on the top line. And we'll look forward to seeing that whenever it does happen. Maybe tonight. We'll see. Wanted to let you guys know that this Locked On podcast is sponsored by DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. All right, so let's jump back into you know the Rangers league rankings and see where they stack up. We're going to move into goals allowed per game. And this is not a good one for the Rangers. They have allowed the six most goals per game in the NHL. 3.5 goals allowed per game. And when you look at the results and the final scores, it's not hard to see why that number is so high. The Rangers in their 12 games have allowed four goals or more in six of them. Yes, you've heard that right. In half of the Rangers games this year, they have allowed four goals or more. I know that this is a high-scoring league. You can talk about how, you know, the scoring is up in this league, and that's true. And we can sit here and we can talk about how the Rangers are a young team, and, you know, there's going to be nights like that, and that's just a product of being young. And that's also true. But what is ultimately true is you will not have sustained success in this league if you're giving up three and a half goals per game. It's just not going to happen. And the Rangers, they have to. They have a good chance tonight. They play at home against the Red Wings. Red Wings have scored fewer goals per game than any team in the NHL, so this is a great chance to hang a one or a two against them and just kind of, you know, shore up this defense a little bit and just continue to move forward. Like I said, we got to, you know, everybody has a hand in it. It might be that the forwards on the Rangers aren't spending enough time in the attacking zone. It could be that the defensemen aren't making things difficult enough for the opposition to set up scoring chances. And obviously the goaltending could, could be a little better as well, and they could keep a few more pucks out of the net. Everybody has a hand in it. That's the bottom line. But that number's got to come down eventually if the Rangers are going to be a postseason team and, and be any kind of a threat if and when they do make the postseason. they got to stop giving up so many goals. Just for frame of reference, the team that has given up the most goals per game in the NHL is the Los Angeles Kings with four, and the team that has allowed the fewest goals per game is actually the Islanders with 2.14. But you look at these teams that have done worse than the Rangers as far as the goals allowed department, and most of them are playing pretty badly. They're, they're all near the bottom of the league. It's probably to be expected, but... The Los Angeles Kings, they're bad, four goals per game. Then you've got the Detroit Red Wings, second worst in goals allowed, 3.94. They're a bad team. The Devils are off to a terrible start. They've uh, they've allowed 3.69 goals per game. The Sharks, not doing very well. They have allowed 3.63 goals per game. And then the Lightning, 3.62 goals per game. And then, of course, the Rangers at 3.5, six worst in the league. But you look at that, and what do all those teams have in common? They're not doing so great. Really, the Rangers and the, well, I guess the Lightning too have outplayed all of those teams in that bottom echelon there, but Rangers ultimately are going to have to bring that number down to a more respectable level, at least try to get it down toward like, you know, the 3-2 area, the 3, maybe the 3.0 area. They have a great opportunity tonight to shore up the defense and, you know, hang just a one or a two against the Red Wings. Moving on to the power play, the Rangers have converted on 17.8% of their man advantages this season. That is 18th out of 31 teams in the league. It sounds about right. You know, I I really, the Rangers on the power play this year, the goals haven't always been there, but I don't think there are too many nights and too many individual power plays where the Rangers look helpless out there. I always think there's pretty good puck movement, some good creativity, at least one 
good scoring opportunity or two on most of their power plays. I still think it's only a matter of time until that kind of picks up a little bit because that number to me, it doesn't it doesn't really fit the narrative. It doesn't fit what we're all seeing out there when the Rangers are out there on the man advantage because I think, you know, overall the man advantage has looked pretty good this year. And, you know, I made the prediction before Monday's game against the Senators that the Rangers would score two power play goals. They got one. I'll take it. But bottom line, you know, ultimately it is about scoring goals, and the Rangers are going to need to do that more often on the power play. But I do think it's on the way. And, you know, again, playing a Detroit Red Wings team tonight that, you know, has given up a lot of goals, and this could be a good night for the power play. So I'm going to double down on that prediction. I'm going to say once again, two power play goals for the Rangers against the Detroit Red Wings tonight. And really, it's early enough in the season that if you have a good night on the power play and you score, you know, two or three power play goals, you're going to jump a lot of teams in the rankings. So hopefully that happens. Maybe tonight's the night for the Rangers. We'll see how they look on the power play. But yeah, even though the Rangers technically below average uh, power play unit so far this season, I still like what I'm seeing. I I still think it's only a matter of time until the dam kind of breaks and and this team starts scoring some goals on the power play. So again, hopefully that starts tonight. We'll see how it goes. Let's talk about the penalty kill as well. Anyone who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time now, you've heard me talk about the need for the Rangers to not take bad penalties and to stay out of the penalty box. It was something that was an epidemic early in the season. It's gotten a little bit better in recent games, probably still not quite where it needs to be. As for the penalty kill itself, Rangers have killed off 79.6% of the opposition's power plays. It's not terrible. It's 22nd in the league. You'd like it to be more up into like, you know, approaching the 85% zone. I think a good penalty kill is about 85%. And actually, now that I'm looking at it here, it looks like the top 10 penalty kills in the league are at 85% or better. So Rangers have some work to do there. Again, you know, step number one is just stay out of the penalty box. That would help everything along quite a bit. But obviously, you know, room for improvement there. And as far as just how many penalties the Rangers have taken this year, it is not good. Are you sitting down? Are you ready for this? They have taken 62 penalties in 12 games. That is more than five penalties per game. Only the Ottawa Senators have done worse in that department. And, you know, I know I'm a broken record on here. I know you guys have heard me say this before, but it's something that has to get corrected. You can't. You can't take that many penalties per game and live to tell about it and, you know, go on to have a great season and go on to be a playoff team and any kind of a contender whatsoever if you're spending basically what feels like half the game in the penalty box. you got to do better with that. So, again, you know, the Rangers, that's an area that really needs improvement, to say the least. How about face-off win percentage? This stat has always been kind of a personal favorite of mine. I just think it's it's one of those things that flies under the radar a little bit. And people, you know, we all kind of just tend to overlook it a little bit. You know, there's so many face-offs in a game, and, oh, well, what does one face-off win matter? But the face-offs that occur in one team's zone or the other, those are big because every single time you win a face-off in the attacking zone, you are creating a scoring opportunity of sorts. You know, you've won the puck back to your guys, and you can kind of set up shop and do your thing. And every time you win a face-off in your own zone, you are essentially preventing a scoring opportunity for your opponents. So again, it's just one of those stats that I think kind of flies under the radar, but it's more important than people think. And you really notice this in the playoffs. I mean, because everybody is just going, it's full bore, pedal to the metal constantly. And, you know, winning a face-off or losing a face-off, like that can result in winning a playoff game and or a playoff series. You know, you, you just never know. So it's one of those under the radar stats, but an important stat nevertheless. And where do the Rangers stand? They are eighth overall. They have won 50.7% of their face-offs. So, 
you know, a little bit more than half. Obviously, you'll take that. But it is interesting to me that, you know, you, you never see a team win 60% or even really a player win 60% of the faceoffs or lose 60% of the faceoffs. There's a very fine line. There's, you know, from the best team as far as faceoff wins is concerned to the worst team, there's not really that much of a difference, at least compared to other stats. Right now, the Flyers lead the NHL. They have won 55.8% of their faceoffs. The Avalanche, dead last, they have won 46.5% of their faceoffs. But again, you know, that stat's just a personal favorite of mine. It is important, you know, especially when you get into the playoffs. And fortunately, the Rangers have some guys that can win some faceoffs. And the Rangers center is all winning more faceoffs than they lose. Because Zibanejad, obviously, he's missed some time lately. But before he got injured, he was winning 51.7% of his faceoffs. Ryan Strom is at 52.2%, Brett Howden at 51%, and Leas Anderson at 50.8%. And of course, you know, other players have taken some face-offs at times this year for the Rangers, but for all intents and purposes, those are the four main guys who have done it, and, you know, they're all over 50%. Philip Heedle is only at 36%, but, you know, he's only skated in three games, so we'll give him a pass. I'm sure that number is bound to come up a little bit. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it's an important stat, and one that the Rangers are doing quite well at. How about hits per game? The Rangers have averaged 21 hits per game, and that is 15th in the NHL, and that sounds about right to me. I mean, I don't think the physicality has really, you know, jumped off the page for the Rangers, but they they throw some hits, you know, they'll they'll mix it up. Uh, they certainly have not come off as a passive team or the dreaded S-word, a soft team, but yeah, you know, right in the middle of the pack, I mean, that's that's kind of what you would expect. They have some guys who will throw some checks. Shots on goal differential. This one surprised me a little bit. I didn't really think it would be this bad. I had a feeling the Rangers might be, you know, at least in the bottom half here. But they are minus 65 on shots on goal differential. That is third worst in the league behind just the Blackhawks, who are minus 78, and the Ducks, who are minus 69. Surprising, you know. I just feel like the Rangers have produced enough you know, scoring opportunities and, and firing enough pucks at the net that they wouldn't be this far on the bottom end of the spectrum. That stat can be a little bit misleading, though, because it doesn't account for, you know, how many of those shots are high quality. But it is nevertheless still a little bit disheartening because, you know, the Rangers, like we said, they've played fewer games than any team in the NHL, right? And yet they're still in the bottom three of goal differential despite that. And one last stat to talk about here is blocked shots. The Rangers currently sitting at 21st in the NHL with 190 block shots. You do have to keep in mind, again, that the Rangers have played significantly fewer games than, than many of the teams in the NHL. So, you know, doing some quick math here, they'd probably be right around the middle of the pack, right about league average as far as block shots per game is concerned. So yeah, you know, basically I just wanted to give you guys a look at how the Rangers are doing across the board in all facets of the game as it stacks up against the rest of the NHL and just kind of find out where the team ranks in certain stats see where they're doing great, see where they need work. And it is somewhat of a small sample size. You know, the, again, the Rangers have only played 12 games, but that doesn't sound like a lot. But then you realize that, oh, shoot, we're more than like an eighth of the way done with this season already, which is crazy. I feel like I just started this podcast. I feel like I just watched the Rangers on opening night, but we are cruising right along here. And, you know, maybe we'll make this like a quarterly segment, like about a quarter of the way through the season. We'll take a look again and see where the Rangers stack up against the rest of the league, see where they've improved, see where they've gotten worse. And then we'll do it again, you know, halfway through the season and three quarters of the way through the season. And then, of course, at the end of the regular season. And then, hey, hopefully the postseason. And as for tonight, still no update on Mika Zibanejad. Really looks like it could go either way. And for Mark Stahl, obviously, we all know we've talked about it on this podcast now, a healthy scratch for three straight games 
Coach Quinn has said that he will get back into the lineup soon. There's no word on if that's going to happen tonight. But here's what Quinn said on Monday. He said he's going to get in. I'm not just saying this. We need him. Circumstances haven't allowed him to get back in. The plan wasn't for him to sit for three, but he's going to get back in. And yeah, I'm sure when the Rangers made this move, the plan probably wasn't for him to sit for three straight games. But the Ranger defensemen, the other six, have all played well. I mean, who do you take out of this lineup right now? I mean, there's basically zero chance that you would pull Jacob Truber or Anthony D'Angelo out of the lineup. I can't see that happening. Both guys have produced points and both have played well in the defensive zone as well. Maybe Liber Hayek, but he's played well and he's on the top defense pairing with Truba right now. Are you going to take Brady Shea out of the lineup? I mean, he's, you know, a guy that the Rangers are, are trying to build around and he's kind of become a mainstay for the Rangers on, on the blue line, at least compared to the other defensemen. And then you're left with Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox. Lindgren's just up from the minors, and he's played well. And Fox, he's played well also. So I just, who do you, I, I, I don't know who you take off the ice there if you want to get Mark Stahl back into the lineup. It's a good problem to have. Eventually, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Quinn just pulls one of these guys out of the lineup one night to get Stahl back in there, get him some ice time, get him back in, into the flow of things. And whoever sits, it's not going to be as a result of anything that they've done wrong. Maybe Lindgren. He hasn't played a ton of time in the NHL. It won't kill him to, to you know, sit down for a game. Maybe Hayek. Maybe Fox. We'll see. We'll see what they want to do. A case could be made for a couple of different defensemen if you want to get Mark Stahl back in there. But yeah, I mean, Stahl has sat. He's been a healthy scratch for three straight games. And at some point, you're going to have to toss him back out there. We'll see how the Rangers plan to handle this. It's a fascinating kind of storyline to follow going forward. And, and we'll see how they want to play it. Maybe Stahl's back out there tonight. Maybe not. The Rangers have already announced that Henrik Lundqvist will be between the pipes tonight. Georgiev had started the previous three games, and in Lundqvist's most recent appearance, he was pulled from a game against the Boston Bruins during the second intermission. So you know the King has had kind of a bad taste in his mouth, and he's looking forward to getting back out there and going to battle against the Detroit Red Wings tonight. Detroit Red Wings, as far as who they're going to go with in goal, it's either going to be Jimmy Howard or Jonathan Bernier. They've kind of been splitting time there. Bernier has been pulled from two out of his previous three starts, including this most recent one against Nashville after allowing just two goals against against the Predators. After allowing four goals against the Predators. So maybe it's Jimmy Howard's night. I mean, neither goalie has played all that great this season, but you know, when you've got a goalie who's slumping as Bernier is, maybe you turn to to the veteran Jimmy Howard. And we'll see. You know, either way, this is a game that the Rangers really should win and really I would say need to win. Because again, we talked about this earlier, but you don't want that that two-game winning streak against the Predators and Lightning to be immediately erased by a two-game losing streak against the Senators and the Red Wings. So Rangers really got to come out of this one with two points tonight, and then they'll have a big test tomorrow against the Hurricanes. And you want to go in there with a win. You want to go in there rolling. Hurricanes are a great team. That's going to be a tough one. But let's get these two points tonight. It's a big one. We'll be back here tomorrow to talk about it. If you guys want to get in touch, shoot me an email, LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Or you can reach out on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And actually, hot off the presses here, a quick update for you guys before we sign off. 
Henrik Lundqvist will indeed get the start tonight. We already knew that. But Mark Stahl and Greg McCaig both back into the lineup. Leas Anderson and Ryan Lindgren will be the healthy scratches. So we talked about the options, the different ways they could get Stahl back into the lineup, and it looks like they'll take Lindgren, who has played well but is recently up from the minors. They'll take him out of the lineup for at least one game tonight. Not that he really did anything wrong, but at some point you do have to get Mark Stahl back in there. And then, you know, McKeg, he's got to play at some point, too. He's been a healthy scratch recently, and Leas Anderson will take a seat for the Rangers. So looking forward to see what the Rangers do tonight. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a good one. Thanks for joining in. I'll see you next time.